today on New Season. We need to rise up with, with spiritual fortitude and prophetic courage. We need to rise up and declare and declare with a smile on our faces and joy in our step to every narrative and spirit that facilitates the platform of moral relativism, of spiritual apathy, of cultural decadence and ecclesiastical lukewarmness. We must declare, regardless of what's happening, we must declare that for every Pharaoh, there will be a Moses. For every Goliath, there must be a David. For every Nebuchadnezzar, there must be a Daniel. For every Jezebel, there must be an Elijah. For every Herod, there must be a Jesus. And for every devil that rises up against you, there is a mightier God that will rise up for you. That is the gospel of Jesus. And that, my friends, is the power of God. And now, here's today's word with Pastor Sam Rodriguez. Here's the word God placed in my heart for you. 1 Samuel chapter 5. And I come to you with, with a spirit of expectancy, with fear and trembling. 1 Samuel 5. After the, you're privy to this story, after the Philistines captured the ark of God, they took it from the battleground at Ebenezer to the town of Ashdod. They carried the ark of God into the temple of Dagon and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. Now, when the citizens of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, this story is so just very, very visible. The graphics here are, are amazing. Dagon, Dagon, Dagon had fallen with his face to the ground in front of. Now, I need you to underline the in front of and digress to the verb beside, because if you do some Hebrew exegetical extrapolation, if you exegete the scripture, that's very important, in front of the ark of the Lord, so they took Dagon and put him in his place again. The next morning, the same thing happened. Dagon had fallen face down before the ark of the Lord again. This time, everybody say this time. This time his head and hands had broken off and were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. Was left intact. Permit me to share what God's Spirit placed in my heart for you today, which is when light stands next to darkness, light always wins. Light always wins. Now you're gonna work with me a bit. In my church, I pastor a very multi-ethnically diverse congregation. The smallest group actually in my church, for whatever reason in the world, ironically, are Latinos. It's predominantly Anglo and African-American. But in my church, we, we interact a bit. So I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor. Matter of fact, tell your other neighbor, the one with a slight attitude, neighbor. When light stands next to darkness, Light always wins. Now here's the word of the Lord for you. And let me, after the Philistines captured the ark of God, they took it from the battleground at Ebenezer to the town of Ashdod. You are privy to the fact that the ark of God, in essence, God's glory in a box, God's presence in a box. And if you do, if you juxtapose that with Jesus, which is the glory of God in the flesh without limits, they took the ark of God God's presence, God's glory in a box. And the Bible says they took it from Ebenezer, which means divine assistance, to Ashdod, which means stronghold. The attempt was to capture the glory. And just like in the times of Samuel, we do live in difficult times. And I am convinced, without engaging in some sort of hyperbole, rhetorical hyperbole, 
that the spiritual Philistines of the 21st century desire to do nothing less than capture the glory. And just like the times of Samuel, with the glory arc, there exists today an unprecedented attempt to silence truth, to kill joy, to murder peace and bury hope. And the objective is simple. Capture whatever carries God's presence and take it from the metaphorical Ebenezer to Ashdod. Australia, these are difficult times. But while the threats against our faith are serious globally, there's good news. I may be one of the few, but I still believe that Jesus still saves. And I still believe that Jesus still delivers. And I'm one of those that believes, I'm not, I, I believe that Jesus still heals. Are you a witness that Jesus can still heal your body? And I am one of those that still believes that Jesus Christ is coming back again. So it really behooves me to reiterate that we stand in the midst of a great spiritual battle. There is a great spiritual battle out there. And forget Harry Potter and Hogwarts via the conduit of biblical illusions. We know very well that there are real spirits in the cities of the world today. The spirit of Pharaoh is alive holding people captive in the Egypt of bondage and fear. The spirit of Goliath still lives, mocking and intimidating the children of God. The spirit of Jezebel, que el Señor la reprenda. I did not speak in tongues, it was just Spanish, it was just. The spirit of Jezebel still makes men and women hide in caves with sexual perversions and manipulation. The spirit of Absalom is still alive. Dividing homes, churches, and relationships while the spirit of Herod is killing the young through violence and poverty and sex trafficking, murdering infant dreams and visions. There is a spiritual battle out there. Yet I have great news. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. There is a spirit more powerful than all these spirits combined. Matter of fact, by our being here today, we are declaring not only to Australia, but via the conduit of the Presence Conference, we are declaring to the world, regardless of what we read or what we see in the news, the most powerful spirit alive today, I don't care what you see in the news streams, it's not the spirit of Pharaoh, it's not the spirit of Saul, Absalom, Goliath, Jezebel, or Herod, the most powerful spirit on the planet today is still the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Jesus, the spirit of the lamb indeed. For it is not by might, it is not by power, but Zechariah 4, 6. And you know 2 Corinthians 3, 7, 3, 17, well, where that spirit is present, there is freedom. And, and where that spirit is present, Acts 1, 8, there is power. We need to rise up with, with spiritual fortitude and prophetic courage. We need to rise up and declare and declare with a smile on our faces and joy in our step to every narrative and spirit that facilitates the platform of moral relativism, of spiritual apathy, of cultural decadence and ecclesiastical lukewarmness. We must declare, regardless of what's happening, we must declare that for every Pharaoh, there will be a Moses. For every Goliath, there must be a David. For every Nebuchadnezzar, there must be a Daniel. For every Jezebel, there must be an Elijah. For every Herod, there must be a Jesus. And for every devil that rises up against you, there is a mightier God that will rise up for you. 
enemy wants to capture all things glorious. Satan wants your glory. Hell wants your joy. Hell wants your integrity and your peace. This is why many have been under assault. So if you feel like something is attempting to capture your shalom, to capture your peace, to capture your faith, why is it happening? Because the enemy is not threatened by your past. He is threatened by your future. It's not about what you did, it's about what you were about to do. Now let me speak prophetically to you, not out of the womb of emotional exuberance, but with an unbridled commitment to biblical orthodoxy. Let me speak to you, not drinking the Kool-Aid of emotionalism, but out of the leading of God, the impetus of God's spirit through his word. This season of your life, if you're going through something, it's not what you went through before. This is not the repetition of a previous chapter. You're not going through to escape, you're going through to conquer. You're not going through to get out, you're going through to get in. You're not driven by what's behind you, you're driven by what's ahead of you. You're not here in this conference because Satan is chasing you. You are here because you're chasing after God and the fullness of his presence. And here's a word, your life is a gift from God that will not be stopped. Proverbs 23, 18, for without a doubt, there is a future and it will not be cut off. Look at your neighbor one time and tell him, what I am going through is taking me to the greatest season of my life. Look at your other neighbor, the one with the attitude, and tell him, because when light stands next to darkness, light always wins. I'm gonna hurry. So they take this, you, know, you read the story well, and they take the Ark of the Covenant, the glory of God, the glory in the presence, the glory in a box, the presence in a box, and they take it to this, to this temple of Dagon, the Philistines did, and they, uh, come, where's Dagon? Come here, Dagon. Hi, Dagon. And, and they take Mumford and Sons, I mean Dagon, and, <laughs> and, and so they, they bring the Ark in. This is so cool because Again, this is the glory of God in a box, and they place it right next to a false god, an idol. And this is the juxtaposing of that reality. The very dichotomy of that existence is what we are experiencing today. It's where truth is literally standing right next to falsehood. And something extraordinary happened because they place la gloria en una caja. They, they take the glory and they put it, they, they take the prophetic and they placed it right next to the pathetic. This is only for illustrative purposes. This is not, no therapy needed post facto. Just work with this. That's why you get good health insurance and we pay you well. This is just, just. So they take the glory and they place it right next to it in this limited amount of space. The next morning, I mean, this is just amazing. They captured the glory, the presence in a box, place it right next to the false, the next morning they arrive and they find Dagon. And they don't find Dagon just down. They find Dagon in a very interesting position. That's why the, the Hebrew exeget is critical for this. Because you could argue, well, if there was a door, they slammed the door, maybe the wind, the draft, boom, this thing fell. But the Bible says that they placed the ark next to Dagon and the next morning, Dagon was in front 
of the ark in his face. Now that, my friends, get up for a second, Dagon. Two objects cannot occupy the same space. Because that space right there, first of all, there's a truth that we have to embrace. There is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. There is no such thing. In a matter of fact, oh boy. You take the glory, you take the prophetic, and you put it next to the pathetic, and then all of a sudden, the next morning, the pathetic is right here in the posture. And because these two, like, it's a space. There's this, this thing. Like, if I want to be where he's at, and he's occupying my, if, if he's there, if, if I can't be where he's at right now, because the only way to be where he's at, it's, it's something has to go. Because we can't both share the same space. And your past and your future cannot occupy the same space. And your dream and your nightmare cannot occupy the same space. Faith and fear do not occupy the same space. Holiness and sin do not occupy the same space. And again, the prophetic and the pathetic cannot occupy the same space. Something has to go. Something has to go. And the next day, they arrive and they found that wonderful setting. Oh, man. And he and Dagon ended up. They found the false god. Lies, idolatry on the ground while the holy, the clean, the clean, the consecrated, God's glory and presence was still standing. And here's the word for someone, you carry glory. There's holy presence inside of you. There's promise inside of you. There's purpose for your life. And for every single person here, you, you may even find yourself today standing right next to a problem, next to rebellion, next to failure, next to pain next to fear, next to despair, anxiety, next to something that may be mocking or occupying your space. And let me speak again, whatever Dagon, whatever rebellious mocking entity or circumstance stands next to you, I'm gonna be bold and courageous here, maybe the last time I attend this conference, you never know. <laughs> I am believing in the name of Jesus that whatever is standing next to you occupying your space, Whatever the antithesis, the antagonistic, the contrary, the hostile, the opposing, the adversarial, the contrary and competing thing that is trying to take away and capture your glory. I am declaring in the name of Jesus that before this conference is over, that thing, that day God will fall in the very name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say I feel an anointing now, so I'm going to say it again. Everything the enemy has placed next to you, by the time this conference is over, it will fall, it will go down, it will no longer occupy your space, your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry, your city, your calling, your anointing, your destiny, or your future. How can I be so certain? Is that prophetic hyperbole? No. Because when a shout of praise stands next to obstructing walls, the shout always wins. Because when an anointed shepherd boy stands next to a giant, the shepherd boy always wins. When a holy prophet stands next to hungry lions, the prophet of God always wins. 
And when the lamb that died on the cross stands next to the serpent who deceived in the garden, the lamb always wins. So whatever, whatever life, whatever hell or circumstances places next to you that is not does not coincide, that it's not tangential to your prophetic purpose, to the presence and la gloria, it will come down. It will fall because John 1.5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it because of Romans 8.37, because in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us because when light stands next to darkness, light always wins. It's not just that he fell, it's, it's, it's how he fell. That positioning is so critical. That right there is critical. What does that look like to you? A, a posture of what? Of submission, of surrender, and of de facto, if not de jure, worship. That's what, the, that's what God's presence will do. It's, God's presence will prompt whatever is in the space to surrender and to submit. At the end of the day, it will acknowledge, it will, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Psalm 97, seven, all worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boast in worthless idols. All gods will bow down before him. Psalm 95, six, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. Raise your right hand, repeat after me. Now, repeat after you say, my problem, my problem. Will, fall will fall in front of my promise. My sickness will fall in front of my healing. My sin will fall in front of his righteousness. My past will fall in front of my future. My sorrow will fall in front of my joy. In the name of Jesus, it will fall. If you believe that, give God a praise offering. Next morning, they come in and they see Dagon like this. And here's the art. This is the art. <laughs> and there's Dagon. And what did they do? What did they do to Dagon? They stood him up and they put him back to his original place. Because that's what people like to do. <laughs> Nowhere do you read, demonic forces enter the temple of Dagon, and the spiritual entities engage supernatural power to restore Dagon to his original place of prominence. Not at all. It was people. Because people like to crucify what God resurrects and they like to resurrect what God has crucified. And there are people that live with a mission of picking up the things that God has knocked down. Even in our lives, we engage in some of these actions when we pick up the things that God has already removed from our lives. 
if God removed that person, if God removed that resource, if God removed that thing, it is not our calling to pick up what God has knocked down. If God removed it, let it go. If you have to engage in a Disney anointing from the movie Frozen, let it go, let it go, let it go. Just let it go. If that person is no longer there, if that thing is no longer there, because God took it away, you should put a smile on your face. Because everything that God removes, he replaces with something better. It's important. They lifted, they, they just picked them up and put them in the same spot. And then the next day, then the next day, and then this time, the, the next time, they, they, they leave again, and this time, this time, how do we illustrate this? <laughs> this time they cut the arms, they cut the legs, they left the trunk only, and they put the things in the door so they, when they, they could see it right when they came in. Can we illustrate this now? <laughs> Let's just do it by faith right now. It's just a matter of just, and so just go down and we'll, we'll assume that you're in pieces. And, and they did that, and you're in pieces right now. So they, they, it, this time, somehow, God, it, it just, there was this, and obviously it was because it was in pieces and there was there's nothing there that someone came in and chop 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 no it was God it was something divine something supernatural and this time God made sure that they God would not be able to occupy the space of the glory ever again and now I'm preaching to someone there comes a time that sometimes we have to go through a process more than once but praise God when God says never again he means never again and this time, God made sure never again. But there has to be this, this, this sort of uh, this, this, this courage and this, this, this pull. And there, there had, January this year, St. Louis Post Dispatch. Do your Google due diligence. It's St. Louis Post Dispatch. It came out on the newser feed, and so it's not a, a made-up story. It's there. It's actually secular media America, January. January the 19th, 2015, the reporter's name is Arden Dyer, and St. Louis Post-Dispatch, this, these three 14-year-old boys are, are playing in Lake St. Louis in Missouri, and the three boys, they're playing on the ice, and the ice was thawing out, and it broke, the three boys went under, they went under. The two boys came out, the third boy, John Smith, he stayed under. He stayed under for 15 minutes. The boy died. And once the rescue workers finally took the, the, the cadaver, the body, out, they attempted to resuscitate him for 27 minutes. On the way, in the ambulance, when they got to the emergency room, for 27, after 45 minutes of the boy being dead, the doctor reports, he said, he's dead for 40, can't stutter. Uh, the boy has been dead for 45 minutes. They tried everything, and there was not, no brain function, no heart function, 45 minutes dead, and, and they put the cover on the boy, and this is secular media, not Christian. 45 minutes dead, his mom runs into the room, and his mom runs into the room, and his mom goes in there, and she sees the boy dead, and the doctor says, ma'am, sorry, your son is dead. He's been dead for 45 minutes. We tried everything. And the mom just said the following, and this is about, this is about the glory in Dagon. You'll get this in a second. The mom says, holy, this is what it says, holy God, and the doctor says, 
She was not silent about it. She began to raise her voice and she prayed very loudly. I wonder what kind of church she went to. That's not the point. The point, the point is she prayed loudly. Sometimes silence is not an option. There, there are things in life that require us to go beyond our comfortable zone and beyond our personality descriptions and, and vociferously articulate the reality of God's promises and word. Because right there she was standing next to the Dagon of death. Death was right there upon her child. But, but th there was a word that God had given her and her child. And, and because the word of God is always greater than any word spoken against you. So this woman walked in there and this is what she did. She goes, she says, she says, holy, I'm quoting now. Holy God, Holy God, please send your Holy Spirit to save my son. 45 minutes dead, secular news. This was on Fox News, by the way. All of a sudden, the kid's been dead for 45 minutes. A mom walked in that refused to tolerate Dagon's presence. She walked in with presence and glory. The Dagon of death was occupying her boy's life. She walked in and says, Holy Spirit, Holy God, send your Holy Spirit. That boy that was dead for 45 minutes came back to life right now. in medical marijuana. No, no, lower your hands. I'm kidding about that. That's a, that's a Berkeley joke from California. That shouldn't land here in Australia. Okay, so the doctor, Ken Stutter. So for liability purposes, right, on your description of what happened, you may want to avoid some of the spiritual verbiage, and, right? Because even though you may have witnessed it, you may want to go into the child was resuscitated via the conduit of our continual effort for 45 minutes, right? And there was a glitch in the matrix. And somehow the boy didn't do anything for 45 minutes, but then all of a sudden, because of our technology, he could have. So he wrote a note on what happened. Liability is here, insurance. Reason for the boy's resuscitation. Reason, explanation, for John Smith coming back to life after 45 minutes dead. Quote, this is his description now. Reason for resuscitation, quote, his heart was jump-started by the Holy Spirit listening to the
hands. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We gotta hurry. I gotta. I gotta hurry. Put your hands out for a second. Don't move. Don't sit. I gotta ask you. I have to. I have to. It behooves me to ask you. What did the ark do? No. Let me ask this section. This is the sharper group right here. What did the ark do? Isn't that powerful? I mean, they here's the here's the glory, the ark, and it just it's it did what? Nada. It stood still. Dagon fell once. Dagon fell again, broken into pieces. Somehow, supernaturally, something moved the other appendages over here. So, but what did the ark do? That's. That should be our response. Whatever. Our faith stands measured not by what we do when heaven falls upon us, but rather by what we do when hell stands next to us. And what did the ark do? The psalmist said it best, be still and know that I am God. No matter what life may bring your way, no matter where life may take you, no matter what may be occupying your space, your secret, be anxious for nothing, but everything through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Confide in the Lord or like Mount Zion. They cannot and will not be moved. Your secret is to be still and know that God is God. Be still and know that God is God. When it's all said and done, whatever occupied your space will be defeated in the name of Jesus. It will fall. It will not occupy your space again. When light stands next to darkness, light always wins. So let me declare upon you prophetically that you will not go back to Egypt, that you will not drown in the Red Sea, that you will not surrender to giants, that you will not listen to Jezebel or Baal in Babylon or believe the Pharisees, that you will not permit the Judases of your life to define you, that you will not permit anyone to take away your glory. Because when light stands next to darkness, light always wins. The Spirit of God placed in my heart just the fact that whatever is occupying your space, this conference, by the time it's all said and done, there will be complete freedom, not only in you, but in your surroundings. And every single entity, every single antagonistic, adversarial, hostile, opposing, Contrary, competing, action, word, deep thought, spirit, personality, whatever it may be, it will fall. And this time, it will never be able to stand up again. I have a minute and 17 seconds. If this word is for you, I don't want to manipulate you. I don't want to entice you. 
no coercion, just by the leading of God's power and His Spirit. If this word is for you, at the count of three, come out of your seat and go somewhere in the aisles. I just want to release this word fully upon you. Just release this anointing. If this is for you, one, two, three, go quickly. Don't even hesitate. If you have to think about it, it's not for you. But if you're convicted by the power of God, if there's a day gone that has to fall in your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry, your health, your city, your circumstances, your surroundings, your dream, your mindset, your schemata, whatever has to fall, it will go. It will go because when light stands next to darkness, light always swings. Light always swings. You're about to see the fullness of God's victory upon your life. Go, go, go quickly. Just come out of your seat. Come out of your seat quickly if it's for you. Come out. That day God will fall. It will not stand up again. Everyone else, raise your hands. Raise your hands. There's an anointing. This God's presence is here. God's presence is here. So Heavenly Father, I speak right now by your authority, by your leading, by your divine appointment and assignment. And I speak into every life and every circumstance. Just like the mother walked in with light in the midst of darkness. Just like the mother confronted the day God of death upon her son who was carrying a word. So I come right now by the authority of your word and your spirit in your name. And I speak to everything occupying our spaces. I speak to every day gone occupying families and homes and marriages and ministries and cities. I speak to every day gone occupying our thoughts and minds. I speak to every power, principality, action, word, deed, and thought that is contrary, antagonistic, adversarial. I speak to the false. I speak to the lies, the idolatry. I speak to the spirit of Dagon indeed. And by the authority of God right now, not because of the glory in a box, but because of the glory in the flesh, Christ Jesus, by his spirit, right now, I speak that Dagon defeated by the authority of Christ. I command that Dagon to fall never stand up again in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise. turn around and tell five people when light stands next to darkness light always wins do that right now let's go change the world stand up pick up your mat and walk the words of Jesus John chapter 5 to the man who was paralyzed your days of paralysis are officially over if you've been blessed by this program if you've heard from heaven if God has spoken to you to your family, to your dreaming, your destiny. Now I'm gonna encourage you right now to generously sow a seed into this ministry. This ministry for the glory of God, not rhetorically, for the glory of God, we are seeing the world change. We are literally reaching millions around the world through God's transformative word, through his power, through his spirit. We're committed to the centrality of Christ, to the word of almighty God, and through a free flow of his spirit. I want you to help me change the world. I don't want to talk about changing the world. I want to really change the world. But it requires your help, your financial investment, your generous love offering. The information's on the screen. Follow me on PastorSam.com, on Facebook, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, Twitter and Instagram, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. I want you to follow me right now. But I want you to visit our website, and I want you to give right now. 
Sow a generous seed. I assure you, your life will be blessed because you and I will be the greatest blessing as we touch the world. We are not talking about changing the world. You and I, we're changing the world in Jesus' name. God bless you. God keep you. If this message is ministered to you, please consider sowing to this outreach ministry. Make your check payable to New Season, P.O. Box 246090, Sacramento, California 95824. Additionally, you may make a secure donation by visiting our website's give page at newseasonedworship.org. If you are in the Sacramento area, we invite you to join us at New Season Christian Worship Center. Sunday worship services are held at 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for watching. Join us next time on New Season with Pastor Sam Rodriguez.